This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another very exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric Branson and Ryan Steiskel. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm I, awesome. I'm feeling like a bad motherfucker today, Joe. I'm feeling like a very bad motherfucker. <laughs> it's it was a it was a beautiful day. I hope every we're recording this here on Memorial Day weekend, 2020. I hope everybody is enjoying their Memorial Day. Um, safely safely actually you know it was kind of cool today because today it was a nice day like the neighbor kids were outside and usually our kids play together but we've been distancing and i talked to the other parents today and they were all kind of in the same on the same page they were like you know what we've been careful we're all on the same street here like all three houses in a row and we were fine with our kids playing together and that was really nice to see like they were just squirting each other with squirt guns and running around in the yards not a lot of contact but just playing, yeah. you know, and that was that was really fun. It was like the first day in uh, in months that I've actually felt like this looks normal. So that was <laughs> nice. That was nice. Yeah, we uh, we were outside most of the day today doing some gardening stuff, and the kids were playing in the um, like inflatable pool that we put up in the yard. And uh, my parents stopped by for a little bit and did like a sit in the in the yard in the lawn chairs type of visit. And so it's good to see some people. And yeah, yesterday we went to a birthday party and then almost got stuck driving in a tornado. So that wasn't fun. But um, anyway, we did. So it was. Yeah, I said there's been a ton of like rain (laughs) and shit. I know in Illinois got slammed. Mm -hmm. So how about you, Ryan? You surviving? I'm always surviving. (laughs) To the best of my ability. Good uh, answer. <laughs> well, it's the honest one. <laughs> it's uh, mm-hmm. what do you expect. I, I've made choices in life. In terms of that, I nothing terrible. Just I chose an art degree. <laughs> so, so yeah. So what? you're always surviving is a good description. It, it's very much you know, a uh, first world uh, white person problem. You know, though. Retract that. Retract that one. I don't need that one. <laughs> Didn't think that one through. <laughs> Eh, no, it's it's fine. I mean, it's true. Um, um, but you know, I, I'm yeah. really glad to have have all three of us here on the show tonight, especially because this is a very special episode. This is the and it we were is. just before we hit record, we were just joking about how we can't believe this, but this is the 100th episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. What started out as an idea of eh, maybe we could do like you know six episodes in a year and see how it goes, immediately yeah. just turned into every week. <laughs> I so, don't know what exactly we were thinking. And you picked up stragglers either. around the, along the way. So <laughs> very quickly because right, right. it was like episode 2 we we brought, you know, you and Ryan. Yeah, I believe you were on the second episode, so it wasn't I too was. long after we started no. this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, this this has just kind of grown, but, you know, and I what? I 
I was like occasionally a guest appearance and then constant. And just kind of per yeah, then kind of yeah. permanent. And you know, we've covered a lot of movies over oh my this God. time. You know, I think almost a hundred. No, actually, we've covered way more than we've that. covered way actually more than that. Things, yeah, like. <laughs> but you know, in the video junkyard, we we talk a lot of trash about movies, sequels that are grabbing for cash, raising cane and boogity, battery and Q. Conquest, Bonsai, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. All the Phantasms, Chud, Carrie Were Nice, and Shock Treatment, Repo, Fan with a Paradise. But folks, tonight we've got something that is out of fucking sight. For our 100th episode, we are reviewing motherfucking Dolomite. Yeah. That was... He did not rehearse that at all in front of us. We're actually doing this for the first time. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, that was pretty good. I, I'm okay. happy about that. Yeah. You totally made this movie, this review, worth uh, episode 100. Thank you, Joe. Oh, shit, yes, man. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing to do this one. This, so, yeah. We're actually, tonight we are covering the 1975 classic cult film, Dolomite. Damn, look like my women is on time. Babe, I could show warm you up. No shit, baby. I can dig it. Dolomite is my name, and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Breathing down your neck. Damn! Damn! Girl, this motherfucker's got rhythm, have <laughs> I've got an all-girl army that knows what to do. They'll fox as hell and practice kung fu. I put my finger in the ground and turn the whole world around. You know, you're still the best man that I know in bed. I'm waiting for Dolomite. For who? Dolomite. And tell him I want him out of here in 24 hours. And 23 of them are already gone. God damn, Mama, this show is a spooky joint. Yes, I'm Dolomite. I'm the one that killed Monday and whooped Tuesday and put Wednesday in the hospital. Called up Thursday to tell Friday not to bury Saturday on Sunday. I'm the one that had the elephants roosting in trees and all the ants wearing BVD. From the first to the last, I give them the blast so fast that their life is passed before their ass has even hit the grass. See me uptown, downtown, crowned and renowned. Delayed, relayed, mislaid, and parlayed. Hatch, match, snatched, and scratched. Whack, jack, smack, crack, boot black, blackjack, racetrack, and flapjack, and still coming back. If you crave satisfaction, this is the place to find that action. Coming to this theater as this next attraction is the picture that will put you in traction. Dolomite, starring me. Rudy Ray Moore as Dolomite, and that bad Durville Martin as Willie Green. Dolomite. Dolomite. 
this was, I assume, a first viewing, right? Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> Very much. And let's see. So, yeah, 1975, directed by the great Dervell Martin, who's all known mostly an actor, uh, was in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Rosemary's Baby, Black Caesar, Hell Up in Harlem, and this was actually his directorial debut. Um, <laughs> screenplay written by Jerry Jones, and this movie was released by Dimension Pictures, same studio that put out Kingdom of the Spiders, which we reviewed uh, a couple months back. Yeah. Oh, wow. And <laughs> Interestingly the, enough. And the big thing, of course, is it stars uh, Rudy Ray Moore, who was in the 1970s a singer, sort of a comic, sort of, but ultimately he he got a little bit of fame as a stand-up comic by kind of creating a character, mostly this character of Dolomite, who's a pimp that goes around using the the rhyme toast, the signifying toast. Um, mm. He's like the Robin Hood of the hood. I no mean, shit. Some would say and, that's uh, undercover brother, but it's it's. I feel like it's actually Dolomite when you're a pimp who oh, yeah. protects a community. But even but bringing these. The, the signifying, bringing the toasts, like, popular again. These were things that, like, you know, at the time, people remembered their grandparents saying, right? Um, making these really dirty and going on stage and doing these rhyming things. He's actually credited as the godfather of rap. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, this is how it kind of, you know, one of the ways, one of the ways it started. Yeah, so I, I'm really... to be a predecessor of, yeah. I, I'm curious of what your uh, impressions were, I guess, of... I mean, a couple of different things I wanted to talk about with the movie, but and and I, we're going to start with you, Ryan, of the the basic story, because I'm, I'll give the synopsis of the story, but just what are your thoughts on it? Um, you can, you know the 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 generic joke of uh, what story comes to mind? Because case in point, <laughs> the Wikipedia description for this movie is literally like one sentence, <laughs> um, hmm. um, which was like, oh. But there is a story of a man who was a pimp who got charged falsely for uh, smuggling uh, a half a million dollars worth of coke and stolen furs. Don't know why that bit was mentioned, but it was. And he gets a chance to to prove his innocence by uh, his co-pimp in charge, uh, Honeybee convinces the warrant to let him go and he goes on quite the the spree to uh get back his reputation and fucks yeah. a lot of people yeah. with awkward sex cuts along the way oh yeah um <laughs> so yeah. I, i'm pretty sure this was a soft core porn but like just well, just I like mean... the softest core porn his, um, his, his definitely has a scene with the weirdest hand editing. Definitely Dolomite is his name, and fucking up motherfuckers is his game. To be fair, <laughs> yes, I do have to say though there was there was a scene, and this could be put wherever, but there was a scene. Well, it was just the oddest fucking hand job. Like when they're walking through the spa, and you just have these two girls, but it's just like I don't know what that was. Yep. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like they're playing the game of Operation simultaneously while there's a sh like a, a towel covering both their hands so they can't see the pieces. That's what that looked like. And I'm like, yeah. all right, we're in for a show, guys. <laughs> Eric, what are your thoughts on the, the story structure? Because it's the pretty story, unique in this um, one. Well, they set it up like it's going to have a lot of, you know, a, a plot. They kind of, uh, the scene in the warden's office, you know, they... Dolomite's gonna get let out because he's gonna help clean up the streets, and then they're gonna, you know, 
get rid of his sentence and you know let him be a free man if as long as you know he, he helps them out and there's going to be an fbi agent you know helping him out but he's an undercover guy and yeah all that stuff happens kind of it, but it really kind of loses track it just becomes a uh, not as much as the movie we talked about last week, the Mole Man movie. It doesn't become like a series of sketches, but in a way, this almost does that as well. It kind of, um, it kind of seems like a realistic the, depiction of a man. Like once he's released from prison, the sh- like the goal isn't to actually free himself. It's like yes, yes, that's going to happen. I got to get my cred back, so I'm just going to do what I normally yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, so he goes off on his whole, on his own mission, and you know, instead of working on, well, well, okay, and the way he goes about cleaning up his neighborhood and getting you know everything based by getting his reputation back he's gonna get back his girls he's gonna get back his club he's gonna put you know get this uh fake ass motherfucker willie green out of the you know out of the way the guy that's taking that, kind of take did, over did you, for that rap soup eating motherfucker right <laughs> and uh so it just it, it i thought it was interesting that it took this like it's a kind of a lengthy scene to kind of like set up all the pieces and then that doesn't really have a whole lot to do with what the movie's about yeah it does i don't know i keep forgetting that's not that what's he's great about the movie what's great about name. the movie is is dolomite this is a character yeah. that's definitely you know definitely stealing the show throughout the whole thing so well and what i found hilarious about it is the entire premise from a narrative perspective is ridiculous because like the warden is saying we're gonna set you free well wardens don't do that yeah, <laughs> but um, Queen B, which is his like his main madam. Well, he right? did get a call from the governor. He yeah, said that, he, he hooked. Yeah, up with, well, and yeah, that was because the... that's because Queen B's friends with the governor. Yeah. So she's friends with the governor, and then she got the governor to call him. And it's like actually, this is the way that shit goes down, though. So it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I have to but, say yeah. though, while we're on the subject of law enforcement in this whole movie, this is the nicest depiction of law enforcement towards Black Americans I've ever seen. Versus today's standards, like they actually gave Dolomite well, a literal fighting chance to kick their ass without shooting them. Yeah, so true. there's like a dark. That's true. Where you're like, yeah, oh. I mean, so <laughs> These yeah, are one thing cops. about the, that I, I would. Yeah, the, the basic premise, and Ryan pretty much covered it, but Dolomite is a pimp and nightclub owner who's serving 20 years in prison after being set up by his rival, Willie Green. One day, his friend and fellow pimp, Queen Bee, helps him get out of prison with a plot to get revenge on Green. Um, that all being said, exactly. It doesn't really um, follow that very much. That's the plot. but really, That just yeah, explains it's, it's, how he got out of prison. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, he gets, just, gets to be Dolomite. And, also, I mean, quick question. To the scene when he walks out of those... Sorry, Ryan, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, quick question, though, about the justice system. Can you really get 20 years in prison for having stolen fur jackets? Because I'm like, oh, wow. I, mean, I suppose I they're very that, valuable, so if, you could get, yeah. It's depending like, on how much, if each one was stolen, and I guess if somebody, record, you know, come, you know, like filed a report, each one is going to be its own thing, which would probably give you a few years each if they're worth thousands of dollars. And then, you know, I yeah. think the half mil a blow was probably... Right, what but I just mean, though? like, they mention it. Like, they mention it like, you got 20 years in prison for stealing furs. It's the first lane listed. Stealing yeah. furs, and, like, right away, you're just caught off. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And then it ends with, oh, yeah. and also oh, a half yeah, a million dollars worth of, like, fucking smack. And you're like, okay, but, I mean, if he's getting 20 years for the smack, that makes sense. There's no real reason to mention that he has the stolen furs. It's kind of it's kind of moot at this point. It's, I don't know. It's almost like the compliment sandwich, you know. Like it's, you stole some furs, half a million dollars of cocaine. 
but we're letting you out. You know? <laughs> Not only so, do you have drugs, you have stolen pimp. But coat, he's so. However, I mean, honestly, I, the story does make sense because once you really see who Dolomite is, there's no yeah. way you can contain that in an American prison system. No, the whole that universe. Man is not meant to be caged. I mean, he is a he's a kung fu pimp. He's I'm... and a snappy fucking dresser. Which I love the scene when the they're letting him out. Snappiest dresser. Yeah. When they let him out. Yes. And he gets dressed. Yeah. He has them his his women dress him in front of the guard outside of the prison. Just I don't wear to no get, cotton drawers. Just to get into the limo and get naked and start having sex. <laughs> I had that exact... <laughs> yeah. That's the first note I have in this. That's the first well, that's fucking where, note. Because it's like, okay, that's... That's what that's, I was going to say. Is that's, that this this, that's where this movie dives in and the tone... <laughs> like, that whole prison scene in the beginning really doesn't, like... I'm not saying it's unnecessary because it is. There's a plot here. As much, does it matter? I'm not sure. But um, that that scene is where you were like okay here here's what we're you know getting into here's dolomite like <laughs> well it's com- it's completely nonsense it's it's like okay so clearly this movie isn't like it doesn't matter what direction it's going it's going to do whatever the fuck it wants like dolomite and then after a while after you go through this movie you're like oh yeah i forgot about that scene because so much other shit fucking happened and you're like but it all happened it's like a beautiful mess that makes so much sense. It becomes its own universe with its own, like, physics, like, laws of physics. And so everything in this movie, it's just like, no matter how ridiculous and weird it is, you're like, yep, that fits the nature of this film. At least it's consistent. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah. laughs> it's like, all right, I already know it's got, let's do this. <laughs> it's, yeah. I wanted to mention something, too. I mentioned it being a kung fu pimp. I wanted to talk a little bit about the fight choreography. Yes. Um, oh, you mean what, you mean all the air right? kicks? Because he can just kick like a like a pocket of air, and it somehow breaks a man, a motherfucker's jaw. <laughs> what I particularly enjoyed was not only just the the pulled punches and stuff, which is you know, there's no good angle to shoot that. Um, yeah. But it's it's the references. There's the scene when he's back at the at the the brothel with Queen Bee, and they're sitting down mm-hmm. talking, and and he. She casually mentions that she's put all of all of the girls through karate know, school, karate karate, tra- karate lessons, and they're no, pretty. No, she good. says and karate school. If you're gonna say, you school. say no, it. School. and <laughs> and they cut to a scene of a girl uh, of a of a prostitute getting kind of ripped off by a guy, and Queen is telling the, the story about how. Trick. Yeah, for trick, and you know says. <laughs> Yeah, she you know she messed him up real good. You never actually see her beat the guy up. No, <laughs> her being nope. like, "Give me my money," and he's like, "Fuck you! You should be paying me." And then Queen Bee's like, "Oh yeah, she handled it." And then you just see the guy being like, "Ow, that hurt!" And she's like, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> you never you know see what? her <laughs> do anything. <laughs> that's, but I that's... love that they didn't fucking care when they made this. I think that's what yeah. I love about this movie. Like, oh, the fight well, card guy. Fight choreography guy already went home for the day? Ah, shit, let's shoot the scene anyway. Just do it anyway. (laughs) I argue that they cared plenty, and they're trying to make a good thing, and that's what saves it. It's like, I think you guys are legitimately trying hard. You're just not doing well, but you're trying, and it shows. That whole jump jump cut logic, though, reminded me of the episode of Futurama where there's like a hole in the timeline and shit, and so they keep hopping moment to moment. <laughs> and they have to get oh, the yeah. Harlem Gold Gold Trotters to figure it out. That's how this movie's 
the editing does th- to this movie where I'm like, this is the same type of universe. Because like Joe says, there's a moment where you're like, I'm going to kick your ass. And it jump cuts and she's like pushing him out the door. Like, I already just kicked your ass. Yeah. And like, that's how all the sex scenes work. And it's awkward because there's always like one little middle bit that's like, you think it's like beginning to end. But there's that always that, that center bit where it's just like random, like uh, uh, and it's like, oh, Dolomite, like no man yeah, pleases if you me away like for you a do. Second, you'd think Dolomite would didn't, uh, you know, only lasted a couple seconds there. And, <laughs> and like when she, yeah, the jump cut. He's are... efficient. He's efficient. Yeah. <laughs> well, you say that, but I mean, he's not getting any complaints. So looking no. at his, it, that's so strange because when you look at his angle and you know how sex actually functions, it's just like you're figuring <laughs> out the geometry of how he did it in that in that edit, and you're just like. She's right when she says, no man loves me like you do. I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> it's just a like a fact. <laughs> it's like, nobody fucks me in the calf like you do. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, but it fucking works. It's whatever it, it, he's fucking doing. You know, early on in, in the show's history, we, we covered the movie Dog Soldiers, which is a great werewolf movie. And one of the things that we mentioned when we reviewed Dog Soldiers is that you never really see a full-on transformation scene right right because those are really one of the most challenging things to do in werewolf movies and trust me this does relate back to dolomite um (laughs) this movie kind of does similar things like this is a passion project the movie had a budget of about a hundred thousand dollars to make this yeah and they couldn't do all they didn't know what they were doing they they were they were not professional filmmakers i mean they got debel martin in there who had been directed by cassavetes and all these you know roman polanski yeah and was familiar with making a film from an actor's perspective but exactly so really everybody was just kind of like flying by the seat of their pants here but similar to something like dog soldiers where it's like okay so we don't really know how we're going to show this you know what fuck it don't you don't have to show it we don't have to show it. people get it you know yeah. and one thing that's kind of nice about a movie like this is they know their audience isn't dumb they're not making you feel dumb watching it they're just this is the movie we were passionate about making and I don't know, something about that is infectious when you watch it. Right. It's mm. very much a labor of love. <laughs> like, it's, it makes it, you enjoy it. It's just like, I like that these guys fucking like, tried to make a movie. And it's like, you well, did. You that, made a fucking movie. And it, and it spawned two sequels and ended up making $12 million. <laughs> right. The man has a legacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think the really thing that, that really shows is obviously his passion for this project, but like his the thing that really mattered to him to Rudy Ray Moore making this film is bringing this character to life. And he is just so incredibly successful at that. Um, and I think that, that pushes the whole movie forward is that this, this character larger than life and, you know, um, hilariously, um, kind of, Oh, over the top. I mean, intentionally over the top. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he knocks it out of the park when it comes because I feel like just, you know, without knowing a whole lot about it other than what's on the Wikipedia page, I feel like that's that's his uh, goal for this film is is bringing this character to life that, that he kind of created through his stand up comedy and music and um, everything that led up to Dolomite. Um, and yeah, it's it's an overwhelming success in that it may be an, a failure in a lot of other places, but that doesn't really matter. I don't think. <laughs> it just no. I mean, mean, well, there's there there's a reason why it's you know. You say dolomite, and people will say dolomite. You know, like they, they know you're not talking about a rock or a mineral. You know? Right. <laughs> I mean, in my circle, yeah, but most of the time, no. And this is what they're talking about. And and Rudy Ray Moore ended up going on to make a number of other films, 
in keeping this character alive in one version of another uh, until he passed away in 2008. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he... They did a film in the early 2000s, didn't they? 2002, yeah, Return of Dolomite. Yeah, yeah. but otherwise, uh, Human Tornado is the sequel to Dolomite, which is also available on Tubi, I believe. Um, yeah, and as far as the, the legacy of a movie like this, um, uh, and we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording tonight, but on Netflix uh, in 2019, so it's still available to watch, uh, Eddie Murphy did a biopic about Rudy Ray Moore called Dolomite Is My Name, and it's about Rudy Ray Moore's you know, uh, early attempts at music and comedy. It g- then goes into how he created the character of Dolomite and making this movie. Um, it's a, just an amazing star-studded uh, cast with, with lots of cameos. Snoop Dogg is in it. T.I. is in it. Uh, and Wesley Snipes plays Dervell Martin. And it's it's <laughs> it's great. Um, who couldn't? Who's who plays the, the the role very much as somebody who couldn't give two more shits about being there? <laughs> because really, Rudy Ray Moore did most of the directing. This was all his vision, warts and all. Yeah, you know. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys though, because this is kind of like the ultimate in what you know the black exploitation films. Um, ha- are there any other films though, like of this genre? Maybe not as. I don't know if this was intentionally comedic in some... I know in Human Tornado, they're intentionally funny. But uh, are there any other like black exploitation films that, that either of you have seen? Um, I've seen Shaft, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which I believe is kind of in... Um, I know that some of the Melvin... Melvin, right? Not Mario. Yeah, Melvin Van Peebles. Mario's the son. Um some of his films are, are probably the the archetypes or some of the first um, quote unquote black exploitation films, yeah. which I have not seen. But like, um, what is it? Sweet, I'm just gonna make an ass of myself if I talk about this because I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, but yes, I've seen Shaft. I know that's one of the early ones that was uh, emulated very often by many other films. And in a way, I think this there's some um, Shaftness. Yeah, this movie's kind of got that vibe, but I think um, was it Sweet Sister Sweetback? Something like I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up here, and so I so I could <laughs> not like babble on about something I don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that, that's the one I can welcome think to the of. 100 um, episodes of podcast where we finally yeah. can admit it's just it's just 100 episodes of us just blabbing what we don't really know what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I I'll admit it, <laughs> and that's why we love you. Well, we I mean, all, what about you, Ryan? Are there, are, there, are there any other films kind of along this genre that you've well, seen, or or does this make you want to see more? Well, here's the thing: it's kind of it's kind of strange for me because it's like I haven't really seen too many black exploitation films, but I did grow up watching movies like the Friday series, or like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, Undercover Brother, which in itself is a reference to. Mm-hmm. black culture and those types of movies in the 70s it's a modern day version of a black exploitation film yeah. so uh and i loved undercover brother like <laughs> i just did because for that reason um so and also like a lot of black comedians um especially from the mad tv era they would reference dolomite uh <laughs> So it's oh a it's lot one of, those, of '90s rap too. Yes, yeah, so it's one of those things. Like I'm well aware of Dolomite. It's it's very much like 
it's interesting because this movie didn't really pierce into white culture at the time but me <laughs> it's 2020 me as a white fucking kid who shouldn't fu- kid i'm 30 years old anyways as a white white person in his 30s in 2020 um has is my generation we're so distant from anything from the fucking 70s let alone anything that's outside into like black exploitation or black culture and here you are just like yep nope i know it dolomite fucking reached mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's probably the one out of all of them i mean i, like, I think the one that i said shaft is probably the other and one. in the shaft yeah like, yeah um and probably growing up you know white kids in middle america um and I was rural middle America where we grew up, and I think you did too, Ryan. So I literally lived like in the woods in a trailer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm way um, more r- rural than anyone should be, yeah, minus the mountain uh, folk. We don't talk about them though. Yeah. Those hills so have eyes. It, yeah, I think those are the two that everybody saw. So to to justify some of my babbling, the movie I was trying to come up with, the Melvin Van <laughs> movie, was uh, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. Which I still have not seen, but I has a reputation. I, I it's one on my list with this one, and um, that I really feel like I should see. Um, also, I'm familiar with uh, Pam Greer, uh, yeah, as an actress that came out of this, and I'm mostly familiar with her because of Jackie Brown and some of her work in in modern mm. cinema post Jackie Brown. But um, she did. She was in many of these quote unquote black exploitation movies. I've actually also seen Blackula. I forgot about that mm-hmm. one. And actually, oh, that's it's a great, a pretty one. solid movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. So. A, a, a lot of that stuff. Well, and I, you know, we talked about Q recently, um, and mm-hmm. we, we talked about Larry Cohen. Well, Hell Up in Harlem is another one with mm-hmm. uh, with another famous actor of the time, Fred Williamson. Uh, that one came oh, yeah. out in yeah. 1973, and that's another really, really good movie. A lot of these films are, and I think Ryan, you brought up a good point. You know, movies like Foxy Brown, Dolomite, Blackula, these, these dip the toe into, uh, or I guess, white audiences, I should say, dip their toe into into black films by by you know with things like that that had a reach. But there's this whole other world of films out there that, you know most white people won't find them very accessible because it's talking about a world they don't really understand. And, right. and But it's it's a great way to understand. I mean, just like listening to somebody else's music is a great way to understand them. Uh, Films are the same way. And kind of, kind of, uh, very add, add to your point with a recent example, uh, Parasite. Like Parasite, the whole yeah. issue where mm-hmm. people are like, what do you mean you're not going to dub it? Why do I have to enjoy it in its natural language delivered by the actors the way they naturally intended? And there's nothing wrong with reading subtitles. Once again, I'm a person who watches anime, so we're already past that. But it's like, dude, appreciate the culture. And as I'm going to be called up by certain people who are like, but Ryan, you like to watch dub. I'm like, I like it all. But yes. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I think that's, that's, you know, either way. I think you can have your preference, but I don't think, yeah. uh, yeah one is superior to the other and you have to... i do think there's from a film from a film nerd standpoint i do have a little bit of an opinion that yes if you really want to appreciate a film like yada yada um perhaps it's good to see it at least once in its native language then after that you know fine but so you get some of the nuance of performance and stuff that you can can sometimes get lost in dubs and usually that's bad dubs that do that but anyway, i always i always argue so, original but... godzilla the 1954 with subtitles the original audio and all of it it's just it's just better um 
And yes. it's, we mentioned <laughs> that. I do, but like this is an awesome topic that we're talking about. But I do have a quick question: Are we gonna go back to Dolomite? Because my notes are burning. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm yes. I'm right there. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about some comparisons, but absolutely. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you got? I got uh, next on my list is after he gets out, he um, and he's having sex in the car. <laughs> uh, he gets you know there's a bunch of fucking. I'm gonna call them honkies. I can call them honkies. That's fair. Uh, ch- like chase them down. Like we're gonna kill them, and they pull over and shit. And he he just mows them down. Um. So my question is like, oh, was he also given a license to kill with his pardon? <laughs> so because this is like you just got out of jail, and he tells a guard like, see you fucking later. You can keep those shitty clothes. I'm like, oh, I'll keep them because you're gonna be back real soon. And then just literally moments later, uh, kills down a group of people. Um, this is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're on parole, according to dude. the warden. Nobody else knows this is even go. This deal has been struck. So, and then at that point, you're like, okay, Dolomite's untouchable. Let's do this. <laughs> yep. I'm ready. Um, also, the uh, the there's so much fucking and karate that I was surprised yeah. there wasn't some form of fucking karate done uh, in poorly <laughs> edited uh, segments. The, the closest thing comes in Human Tornado. Okay. You'll know the scene when you watch it. It's also available uh, on Tubi. I highly recommend. You'll whoa, know the scene. Right You'll know the scene. I, I am yeah, writing I'll down that one, out that one as we speak. <laughs> I could see I could see something, you know, like kind of a poorly constructed version of the um, scene from the James Bond movie Goldeneye where they're fighting in like the uh, Pierce Brosnan and um, oh, what's her name? But anyway. Yeah, something along those lines. Is it Famke uh, Jansen? Was that that one? Yeah, Famke Jansen. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, there's uh, another character in Dolomite, though, that I I feel I'm remiss to to not bring up. And that is the hamburger thief creeper. Creeper. Oh, no. Hamburger pimp. (laughs) Yes. Hamburger pimp. The term is hamburger pimp. Hamburger pimp. pimp. With with one of my favorite lines of the movie. Hamburger pimp. Hey, bro, look at you. You don't know me, man. Uh... Who you talking to anyway? Uh, better get on before you get jumped on. Now, who's bad enough to do all of that? Me, nigga, me. Yeah, I'm so bad, I kick my own ass twice a day. He ain't saying nothing. Yeah, man, I'm so bad, I kick my own ass twice a day. And he ain't saying <laughs> shit. That's what it is. I love-, I, I love that line, too. I wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> to repeat oh. for those who missed it. It's I kick my own ass twice a day, and he ain't saying shit. I think it's like that third, that third person part at the end (laughs) that just like, like that's a beautiful form of punctuation for any sentence ever said in the American language. I'm like, that is just an amazing line. (laughs) Like that is just pure comedy gold. That that is that is that is wordsmithery. Uh, fuck you, Shakespeare. Well, and then and then the the classic as he's getting arrested. You no business born insecure junkyard motherfucker. Mm, <laughs> I just, so many line that comes out of uh, Dolomite's mouth in this movie. So many is descriptors. Quotable. That's what I'm gonna say. Like it's just like oh, everything's oh my God. a meme. Everything or not a meme, but everything's a soundbite. Like, yeah, I mean he's just yeah, just a perfect character, and everything he says is gold. So I got some. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what do you got, Eric? Do you got one? 
Uh, I I got a few that I wrote down. Um, somebody, Come on, buddy, share. With the I class. wish I would. Put, I I should put more context. I write down lines and I forget like verbatim what was said prior to. Oh it. yeah, you have to. Somebody says this... something about him and all of his like either black bitches or black hookers, and he stops and says, "Don't forget the white one." Yeah, you forgot about the white ones. Forgot about the white one. Yeah. Which I thought was just, I don't know, hilarious. Um, it's a great my line. My favorite line yeah. of the whole movie, and I don't know if I want to say this for later, but I'm going to go ahead and blow it, is, if you ever see a ghost, yes, cut the motherfucker. Yes! <laughs> Mama, this show is a spooky joint. Dear, want me to wait outside? Hell no, not this time, Mama. I want you right by my side. But I'm afraid of ghosts. Ghosts. If you ever see a ghost, cut the motherfucker. That was my second line on the list. Both of you motherfuckers took the only two I recorded because I'm like, oh, they're, they're going to grab all the other ones. Yep. Ghost, yes. If you ever see a ghost, yeah. cut the motherfucker. Cut they the never mother- fucking tell you that in the Ghostbusters. Like, yeah, sing it, Dolomite. That's like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like when you say like a Dolomite quote, it, it feels like a like a moment in um, Family Feud. Like when you're like you're the host and you're just like, and survey says, cut that. When you see a ghost, what do you do? Cut that motherfucker <laughs> is number one. Yes. you in a, <laughs> Like, that's just the beautiful way of dealing with anything. Um, who kicks my ass the most? Myself, twice a Myself. day. And he ain't saying shit. Yes, that's at number two. Uh, it's a whole game. It really can be. <laughs> It's great. Yeah, the other thing I wrote down just that I absolutely love in this movie is we mentioned the fight scenes and that kind of none of the punches ever land at any point and it's just they're probably some of the poorest looking quote unquote kung fu scenes I've ever seen in a movie but I don't know the movie's so so wonderfully charming in other ways that I I, I just find it to be more more fun and it's funny to just to watch them. Um I really love towards the end of this movie. Yes. The dying in this movie when people die when it gets shot or something is fantastically overplayed. Literally sticking like, it's out like tongues. every like old movie like cliche you've ever seen someone do like Looney Tunes. Tw- Even Looney second Tunes. long dying second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I also but. want to mention another great character in this which is Reverend Gibbs. Remember, we live here with the rats and roaches. So we don't need no more rats telling us what to do. Amen. We'll right. create our own law. Right on. That's right. And we don't need no redneck mother. Oh, yes, Lord. Mothers are the best friends we have. And oh, Lord, look down on us poor servants down here and teach us how to love one another. They did such a good job yeah. in this of, and this is a common thing that you see in Larry Cohen films and, and you see in, in Van Peeble films and stuff like that, you know, is, is white people are not portrayed in a good light in this. And no. that is <laughs> totally appropriate um, yeah. for for the films that we're looking at. And it's, it's just, it, it's done perfectly in this. Like the, 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 the few white actors you see, you just want to hit them immediately upon seeing them on the screen (laughs) why we're on the subject i do have to say um so there's the mayor by the way who just he reminds me of a particular actor i just don't know but he is a weaselly huh his name is mayor daly mayor daly in it yes he is obviously he looks like a dollar store danny devito like he's short he's bald his hair goes (laughs) everywhere but he has a mustache 
Uh, he also kind of looks a little bit of a Lovitz vibe to me. That's how. But, yeah, I can. Yeah. Yes, yes. Lovitz <laughs> makes that sliminess. Yes. Mm. But anyways, there's a scene with him, which is not great, and it stretches forever. And that's the scene where he's naked. <laughs> well, no, no, <laughs> yeah, partially for, naked. A really long time. For so fucking long, and like all that's covering him, because you can see his cum gutters, and like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nasty because he has like that protruding like I eat too many cheeseburgers stomach and he's sweaty and he just got called out of like an orgy. Um, you like that oh one? Anyways, so you see him, he's running to the phone and they just have him standing there and he's he's weaving back and forth between like a door frame as there's towel is like the corner of a towel is slightly draped it's... over his dick and like... It's like the whole scene that's going on, like they were he's teasing you, but in like the opposite. The way. worst way, teasing, you're just like, like I don't yeah. want to see this man's penis, and I feel like, <laughs> like with this like, type oh of God, movie, I might see this man's penis. And the whole time that he's moving, it's just like, just like I swear to God, a sliver of a moment where you're just like, you see shadow of, and you're like, oh God, no! It's 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 the most tense scene i've ever <laughs> had in my life and you think like why don't you just not look i'm like well i have to fucking watch the movie and that's the fucking assignment and i'm like watching it like oh i don't want to see this man's dick suspense. i don't want to know if the head and the tip like look the same because i'm picturing the mustache and everything but anyways we luck out and uh that doesn't happen but it goes on for like fucking t- five it, minutes yeah five fucking and minutes it's... of just that dangling moment it's like oh it's god part of the weird like subplot that doesn't actually happen till the last 10 minutes of the movie that you didn't even realize was happening yeah, yes like it's yeah but anyway we don't watch this movie for the plots that's right. for fucking sure you don't watch this movie for yeah. mayor daly's penis either so no so. you don't but my god what a ride <laughs> it's oh, cum gosh. gutters the mayor's cum gutters yeah that's that's yeah, a that's a new go. one to me um mm. what about the what about, you know what about the, the music wait. in this as well joe do you know what cum gutters are I think I can imagine. I mean, based they're on the, the sides. Pain. They're the sides of the hips. It's that little divot where the where the where the leg connects to the pelvis. It's usually like abs, but this man's fat, so it's actually these weird crevices. <laughs> yeah, I I I, I, I was picking up. What I just you wanted were to make down. sure. I, I just yeah. wanted to definitely define to make sure you knew what I was putting down, not just one you for the audience. Hundredth one hundredth episode. episode. Well, now, yes. Now cheers. Joe and everybody else is perfectly clear on. Now, what, we'll... Are we clear though on an agreement on the music in this movie? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty damn good. <laughs> the the music in the movie, like the score of the movie, is excellent. Like I, I like, and I really like um, Dolomite's musical performances. Like you said, it's almost like an early version of hip hop. Um, oh, his rhyme, the rhyming that yeah, he does? like his. Yeah, um, what's it um, called? There's an official term. What for does it. he call it? Yeah, they call it. It's signifying, um, or it's you know, like like these these rhyming stories, but essentially it's just known as like signifying. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a limerick, yeah. but done so, with a beat. Uh-huh. That's what yeah, it is. Right. It's like a limerick. Uh, done that with a stuff's beat. all great. There is one of the things that like one of my um, going to knock a couple points off this movie moments was the fact that it had some song and dance numbers during the opening oh, the club God. scene. Yeah. That <laughs> really didn't need to be there and honestly was like, it slowed things down and it really was off flavor with the rest of the movie like because it, it almost was. seemed like they were i don't know they well, were they were not the kind of clever um 
I don't know. They just didn't do anything for me, and they slowed things down really, really badly for a little while because it's it's close to a ten minute portion of the movie, which it doesn't have a very long runtime anyway. No. And all of a sudden, we're gonna do ten minutes of song and dance stuff that is unrelated to anything else going on. And they do they do cut out and go to a scene, you know, backstage in between, but. I don't know. No, Eric, I'm with you with that. So that would be the only thing about music in the film that I didn't care for. Everything else I liked a lot. I think the score of the the movie is exactly what you would think the score of this film is. You could probably, even if you haven't seen Dolomite, you can hear it in your head a little bit, just like looking at the pictures or whatever. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) I want to build off of that because... This this movie does kind of flow fine, just fine. Actually, funny enough, but that dance scene ju- is like a moment where it just disrupts everything. And you're like, okay, well, this feels like the first take and only take with all these dancers. And the lip syncing is awful. Like it yeah, is. Yeah, just... it's like they did a pre-recorded song and they didn't get the sync. And you try, perfectly. you're like, I'm really enjoying this movie. I'm gonna try to ignore this, and then it keeps going because they stretch it out, and you're like, I can't ignore it now. You're not letting me ignore it. It's yeah. like the fucking mayor dick all over again. Um, which I, I literally, that it. scene happens after, so it's like it's not that far off. And I'm like, oh shit. But yeah. but well, to add, even the fucking audience, the clip of the audience during that whole number isn't doing shit. Like yeah. they're just like they're just so disinterested. <laughs> it's like yeah. they show it. Uh, two two things I just wanted to add to that that I mean I I think I was a little more forgiving of the bad music scenes in this like that mm. because um and and Eric you might consider this as well because we did review prom night <laughs> oh god yeah which you has guys keep, this guilt, is our hundredth episode and these the guys keep thing. fucking bringing up movies I was not a part of <laughs> well I mean we have yeah did you. You should check out Prom Night because even though it's a slasher, you barely see any slashing because it's so goddamn dark. To be fair, you guys did invite me. Like, hey, do you want to do Prom Night? And I said, no, I don't want to do Prom Night. (laughs) I didn't want to do Prom Night in my teens. I don't want to fucking do Prom Night now. However, this film, Dolomite, does have its title song, Dolomite, composed by Ben Taylor and sung by Ben Taylor. Mm -hmm. Which... I personally feel makes up for any other musical foible throughout the rest of the film. Oh yes, there's such a well, rest of the music is, is pretty fantastic. Song. Yeah. To be fair, that criticism had nothing to do with the music and everything towards the performance of said music. Sure, sure. Yes. And fair so, enough. In fact, the scene was overly long and yeah. just didn't need to be there too. So. Yeah, that's what it was. I had nothing against the music. I enjoyed it. But you could yeah, have shown ten or painful. twenty seconds of each of those musical performances just to be like, "Hey, the club's up and swinging," and and that would have been good. And like, yeah. So as as we kind of wrap wrap this up a little bit, I, I guess before we jump into grades, I did want to ask you, and, and Eric, we'll start with you on this. How likely are you? Do you think after watching this to watch more films like this? Because we this is the first time we've really reviewed a movie. A so-called black exploitation type film on on the podcast. Yeah. How how likely are you you think to maybe not the sequels or maybe the sequels or anything kind of along these lines? How I, how likely are you to probably or I mean, to, to do that? I feel like and I I guess I kind of revealed myself as you know not as much as Mayor Daly, but revealed myself <laughs> as being a kind of a novice in the genre. But I would I would call myself a fan of what I've seen. So like I was already on board to watch any you know 
black exploitation film that would be recommended to me as a good movie. So, um, yeah, I and even more so after seeing this because this is kind of the other side of the genre because. I feel like black exploitation could go. Essentially, they're just just exploitation films, so they're always going to be a little out there, right? Well, this one like turned everything up to eleven, right? Like even compared to Shaft, this is just that much more crazy. Sure. And it's that much more over the top because I mean it was made by comedians, so it not it, it's not totally unintentional that they're doing that. But um, to answer your question, yes, I would love to see more. Um, I have a couple like on my you know, personal wall of shame movies that I would really like to see. Um, yeah. So, uh, yes, okay. this, this piqued my interest and I would love to see the sequels because I thought this movie was hilarious and I, I would watch this one again. I would, I would watch more of Rudy Ray Moore in anything if he's this good and everything. So <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Um, I'm legitimately interested in actually checking out the sequel to this one, especially after you, you mentioned that it actually goes further into the comedy and I'm always for that. Um, but to, to be fair, like I really, this movie, I, it's, it's, I treat it no differently than other, any kind of B movie that I've seen, which is like, I probably won't rewatch it again, but I, cause I want to watch it with people. Like I mm-hmm. want it, I mm-hmm. want a group of not simultaneously, but like a situation like this where other people have seen it. Like, all right, let's talk about what just happened because, Ooh, that was just a beautiful ride. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like finding like a really like poorly made, uh, theme park attraction where literally it's just like the cheapest thing made, but somebody really fucking tried to make it and you, you appreciate the attempt and you love it for all of its flaws it's like it's it's something you share so to to be honest with you if you guys go forward with other dolomite films in this podcast which you should we should do more (laughs) we should be open to this shit uh yes i would should have done a franchise show joe should have done a franchise oh yeah (laughs) Um, well once we start one we have to start them all well yeah i think (laughs) that's kind of the way we got to do it but yeah i i think one thing that dawned on me rewatching this for for the podcast, and I'm curious if, if either of you had the, the same kind of experience, is white we guilt. Are, well, no, okay. Three white guys talking about Dolomite. Yeah, no, no, I look at that. But <laughs> I, I think you know the. They better say nice things about it, Eric. I swear to fucking God, <laughs> those three. If they no, don't, I, they're I, racist. We're gonna cancel them. I was sorry. It, it occurred to me we've we've reviewed a lot of movies like this. Over the last hundred episodes, yeah, yes, we have a lot of B movies, a, yeah. lot, of a lot of B movies, a lot of exploitation uh, films. This is not like exploitation, but we've done actually, yeah. right? And I kind of feel like it, it. It occurred to me that Dolomite isn't that different in some aspects no. than other really low budget B movies, you know, made for a hundred grand or less that that we've watched. And like we did, we covered Velocipaster not that long ago <laughs> right same kind of thing these are some 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 people that are dedicated to making this ridiculous character ridiculous uh, concept on the screen they're not trying to it's it's all a character they're not trying to do any you know be anything other other than that they're trying to entertain people with humor with over the top you know they're throwing everything they can at it and there's something really charming about that and it occurred to me that you know here's Here's a subgenre of films that most wide audiences probably don't really pay attention to. But if, if you I mean, like I think people that are into cult movies, right. to appreciate it in general. But yeah, it's kind of kind of 
hidden away in that like corner of cinematic interest. <laughs> right, but I guess my my thought was just you know, here's not not to turn this all political and stuff like that, but you know, there's always something polarizing people, right? Whether whether it's politics, whether it's current events whether it's whatever the hell is going on, even in movie news, like before we were recording, we were talking a bit about the whole like, oh yeah, the Zack Snyder Justice League thing is coming to HBO next year. We haven't done a DC reference in a while. And, <laughs> you know, it's like people are getting upset. And, you know, it's becoming polarized. Well, you know what? When it comes to like poorly made movies that are passion projects that are so bad they're good, this is up there. And this is a significant yeah. film for black cinema. It's an incredibly yeah, significant so. film. And, you know, this is something that I, I, I almost, I would like to say Dolomite can bring people together. <laughs> nice I, and I would, close. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope everybody can enjoy, would be able to enjoy this film. And and obviously there's going to be a crowd of people that aren't because of the fact that it's got um, bad language, drug use, pimping, hookers, softcore pornographic scenes with weird edits. Um you know karate hookers it's not for your grandma at one point dolomite does rip somebody's heart out or something kind of gory but just like cut around it he kind of just like scrapes the shit out of the director's gut yeah that's what it Um, looked like and uh yeah so this movie is not for everybody but it's not based you know i i wouldn't say that's based upon any like racial or organ you know um this movie is definitely for like, anybody who's interested in this podcast. If you like the yes, stuff that absolutely. we do, like this movie is great. Yeah. And and Joe, where you said like you don't want it to, you know, get political. I I think there is inherently um something political about, you know, a three film white like dudes this, talking about Dolomite. When it was made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and it just just in the simple fact that it, it is a movie starring almost an entirely black cast. Uh, made by black filmmakers um, and it does go around I mean $100,000 budget they turn around what like make $12 million on this thing yeah and so it's a overwhelming success like independent movie success and so I think there's there's inherently something a bit political because you're, you're telling a story um, that is not you know the story that you know cinemas in middle America are going to pick up and want to show this is something. This made twelve million dollars playing in you know dirty little B film movie houses. This wasn't playing you know, this wasn't playing Rockford, Illinois, most likely. <laughs> I mean, not to pick yeah. single out, but like, and maybe it did eventually as it got popular. But um, yeah, so it is. This is a this is a big time um, example of like a little movie that could, especially at you know that budget point and. Just as a just overwhelming success in so many ways, but yeah, it, if if somebody can't enjoy um, silly um, exploitation cinema, they're not going to get into this movie. And it's not necessarily because it's a it's a black movie, it's a white movie, it's whatever. It's just because they're not that's not going to be their thing. But yeah, like Ryan said, anyone who's into this podcast, if this is if if we general if you find the majority of what we're talking about to be interesting, you have to see Dolomite. You're going to get a kick out of it, guaranteed. So. Yeah. Well, with with that, I'd like to go ahead and, and jump into grading. So let's start with you, Ryan. If you had to give this movie a grade, which you do, what would you give it? 
I like how I'm being like strong armed into this. 100 episodes in, and they, these motherfuckers, I swear to God. Rat um, soup eating motherfuckers, thank you. Um, I don't know That's about right. that. You gotta earn it. So, Junkyard motherfucker. <laughs> um, well, I wanna. My, uh, I'm gonna tag on to like what the question was um, prior to this with, with the review part of it. And that is that um, these types of movies aren't. They don't. I don't want to say they get a large white audience. It's just I don't seem to. But there are. It, there is like the idea of people who just watch movies because they like to watch things of various uh, fucking cultures uh, and whatever. I not. I'm not a poet, so I'm not gonna have the greatest vocabulary with that. But it's heartfelt. So feel it with your heart. But it's it's the idea because like. I did not watch black exploitation films a lot, but that's just because that's an age thing. But I did watch the cinema that got to, um, let me rephrase it, the black cinema that did continue on beyond it. Like with comedies, like I said, with um, the, like the Friday series, for example, or I used mm-hmm. to watch the Martin series when I was mm-hmm. on UPN. I'm really fucking calling out. To anybody who really attaches to this, it's it's the idea. Whatever's funny is funny. You're not restricted, and not only that, if you actually intentionally kind of branch out to another group of people who are like, well, we're not represented at all, so we're gonna make movies in a similar like fashion or elements, but done in a way that appeals to another fucking part of American culture. And when you watch these movies, you're like, I laugh at the same shit. There's just a slightly different flavor because it's a different culture, but it's you find similarities. And so growing up, watching the f- films that I did in a rural area, I did not get a lot of people who were like, hey, you watch Friday? No, what the fuck is Friday? I'm like, oh, okay. But when I moved to fucking Milwaukee and I have my, my, my co-workers of color, um, when I mention it, like we all bonded over Friday uh undercover brother martin other things like i'm just using the same things i said before there's more than this but it's like it was nice it was it was very kind of fun to talk about movies and see like scenes in movies that like i rarely got to talk to with people and having that moment with another group of people and connecting with them with like holy shit this white guy's seen like friday <laughs> it's like and it's like the thing where we exist yeah. it's i'm not the i'm not special i'm just saying it's that it's it is that thing where watch watch cinema of various like decades to bond with people of different generations watch with various cinema of different cultures to do the same and things that actually end up pretty fine you find that you all laugh at the same shit um or you or you all cry at the same shit because i'm gonna move just past comedy but it's comedy is an important bit so this movie was great. I'm glad that we 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 reviewed it. I I'm gonna give it a fucking A. You know, I really will because it is like I'm watching like a historical moment in comedy. You know that and and like um in part of the black exploitation era and like I'm watching something is made a major cultural contribution in massive ways and it's cool to be able to share in that and I look forward to that. I like that. I'm gonna and go they made this shit by themselves for a hundred thousand dollars. It's independent fucking movie makers, <laughs> yeah. man. How? Can, yeah, and it's just like, is this ridiculous over the top? Yeah, like all the fucking other shit. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like it's great. Like the tagline says, I don't think we got that in there, right? But it is the Citizen Kane of kung fu pimpin films. So it is. It makes it its is. own. It makes it. It made its own fucking genre, and like that genre 
fucking spread. It's like, how can you not give it its credit? Credit is due. It's great. <laughs> it's great. What about you, Eric? If you had to give this one a grade, what would you say? Ryan's got an uh, A. Let's see what you think. This is one of the Standards best examples. Are being held of, high, Eric. <laughs> one of the best examples of what I would call. What do we call, what would we say a trashter piece I guess or if you're you know playing yes. a masterpiece like it is trashter piece that's beautiful yes it is absolutely kind of a you know junkyard over treasure the top, just gleefully trashy movie right and yeah. um, I would call it unintentionally hilarious if I didn't know that it was made by people that were trying to be intentionally hilarious so like it 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 is it is inept in many ways like the fight scenes and et cetera et cetera but you know being that it was being made by comedians and just selling this character and uh rudy waymar does it so well um he's just I, I don't he's gold every second he is on in this movie he just makes this movie you know perfect there's some po- points where it, di- it diverts we talked about the lengthy musical segments that um i didn't really care for there's also like the b plot that all of a sudden like starts resolving itself and you're like whoa wait a second i didn't even realize this plot was in this movie and then now we have this fbi agent and the mayor and all this stuff and it's like okay whatever like get back to dolomite because that's what i want to watch but um so that might not get down a couple points but this kind of takes all the like black exploitation um kind of norms and like turn cranks everything up to 11 right and um yeah, wow. It's just got to be seen to be believed. Um, his clothes are, are fantastic. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just everything about the characters is, is larger than life. And I, I would I would highly recommend this to anyone interested in Colton B movies, comedy, just something different. Uh, as long as you have, you know, at least a little bit of tolerance for, you know, kind of the B movie trashiness of it. But um, and, and kind of borderline softcore pornography at so many tits i don't know yeah so many man Um, tits and women tits (laughs) i mean yeah dolomite's man boobs his man boobs are bigger than most of those women's boobs (laughs) but uh i'm gonna give this a b plus Uh, it's not a perfect movie but it's sheer entertainment value and this is absolutely and i will this is my biggest thing i want to stress this is a -a one-of-a-kind movie and i know there's sequels and whatnot that i've not seen but it's kind of got to be seen to be believed and man it's it's a lot of fun watch it it's free it's on tubi i i'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be landing this plane right right next to you guys um i i this one i'll be honest my wife and i i first was turned on to this movie i mean i'd heard of it my wife and i were flipping through tubi one night and i was like oh shit dolomite and she's like you ever seen it and i was like no she was oh my god we gotta watch it and so <laughs> we watched and i just fell in love with it I was cracking up. I think she fell asleep because she'd seen it growing up. But yeah. I I just fell in love with this movie. And I think I was texting you guys that night. going like, we need to review Dolomite. You My were. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, you know, I remember you, it wasn't just one night. He kept going with it. He insisted. And, you know, it, I think part of it is, you know, growing up, I was we were always trying to record something, right? We were always trying to make some kind of a movie. And it probably were, were, were like this and or worse. Um, you know, but when, when you're passionate and knowing, st- and then reading more about Rudy Ray Moore, knowing how it was like, he was just dedicated. Like, I'm going to be famous one way or another. I'm going to fucking be famous. I'm going to be famous for music. Oh, okay. That didn't work out my stand up. Okay. I'm missing the mark. I'm going to try this shit. And it worked. And he was mm-hmm. successful. He had two albums on the billboard at the same time in, in the early seventies. And then he makes this. 
right? Barely. They barely make this. But it's <laughs> yeah. just such a passion project, and it's it fucking pays off because it's so funny. Now, no, this movie isn't for everybody, just like most of the movies we review here on this show. They're not for everybody. Yeah. You got to have a little bit of a thick of a thick skin for it because it gets, especially in 2020, it's touchy, right? But oh, yeah, cum gutters, yeah, all the time. Yeah, the cum gutters alone. <laughs> but it's it's just uh, it's a gem. It, it's something that deserves all of the praise that it gets. It deserves its legacy because this is ultimately like you know I don't know if we want to get super corny we could be like part of the American dream right like dedication I'm gonna make this hell or high water and it it, it is works. it is it is it the works. American dream so I I'm gonna give and I recognize that you know yeah the not everything I don't think was intentional like oh these fight scenes are oh. horrible I don't think yeah, that was I mean, intentional but there's certainly some some poor filmmaking here but. right and so I'm I'm gonna give it an a minus. I, I absolutely love <laughs> Holy this. Holy shit, one. I gave it a higher grade than you. <laughs> That's okay. I will I will recommend this to people without hesitation. I'll warn them like don't expect polished, but it's it'll it'll entertain you for the evening. It's it's yeah. funny. It it's again re- repeatedly uh like every line damn near is quotable especially in in the in the rather wooden cadence that they're often said. And and this is in no way making fun of the cast or crew. It's just <laughs> fucking great. Um and so it's you know It's got it's got some adult film quality acting at points. So well, it does. because yeah, it, <laughs> I would, thigh I would, fucking I would recommend <laughs> that, that I guess to everybody, you know, it, we're at a time right now where we're not seeing, you know, nobody's going to the theater to see movies. A lot of new movies have been delayed, right? So you've got services like Tubi, like uh, Pluto TV, and so on that offer free movies or Crackle, right? Yep. Take a chance and watch something old that you never thought you would ever watch or never thought you would enjoy, and you'll you I mean, might be surprised. At, at the very least, you'll waste a few hours. But at the best, let's not leave this up to chance. Watch Dolomite. Watch Dolomite. And if you've seen yeah. Dolomite. Watch the other Dolomite movies. <laughs> oh, I'd say even leave it up to chance do. too, but definitely watch Dolomite. I, I highly recommend this one. No matter um, what, you were have a conversation with somebody, and that's what the that's the whole fucking point about talking about movies is to have a conversation. Hence the podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's it's essentially this podcast. Um, well, but Joe, wanna have a I want to build on that. Re- I want to build really like on that line when Joe said this is this is like the American dream. It is the representation of the real American dream where it's just like fuck it, I'm just going to do my own fucking shit. Yeah, it won't be great, but I'm going to fucking do it. And you're like, "God damn, I love it the fact that you even did it." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's the real American dream. It is. This it's is not Marvel film. Disney, it's Dolomite. It's sometimes great that's films, right. great films don't always have it's a happy man. family ending. They're not always <laughs> super polished. Sometimes the acting isn't good and the effects and the choreography is bad. But it can still be a really, really, really good movie. Because ultimately yeah, all yeah. these are meant to entertain, right? And that's exactly right. what that's, this does. That is key. It doesn't all the other stuff is superfluous to the entertainment value of something. Like Whatever. I mean, as long as it hits on those marks and you get through this movie, you're laughing, you're having a good time. Um, I, I would that's even, all that matters, I would right? even go so far as to say that in some cases, making a great movie out of a bad movie requires that much, it, it to be that much funnier in, in the case of a comedy. 
Because if you've yeah. got super nice, you know, polished production quality, then you're not going to lose an audience. There are some people that if it looks like this movie, they're not going to watch it. They're going to be turned yeah. off before the first gag, which comes very quickly. But, you know, in this one, it really does hit it. So, um, I like know, that we accidentally kind of themed like, like our old-fashioned style uh, themed between Mole Man and, and this movie because there's yeah. a lot of, I was a lot of comparisons, yeah. at least at yeah. like budget budgetary restrictions and kind of independent um production value and like what what hits and misses and why why is this movie so much better than you know mole man which is probably a similar <laughs> that's where i was gonna ask because i was like no so like but like we had the same criticisms but with complete like most are joe after just editing the Mo Man episode myself and having to rehear, it's like, Joe was the most critical. Uh, no, I'm not putting you on a spotlight. I'm just saying this <laughs> is. You're the most critical of that movie. And then we get Dolomite and you're like, this is the greatest. This is an American dream. And I'm like, okay. Well, I, I think it's, <laughs> it is. I think honestly, because I think Mole Man was, was um, a bit better made as, you know, from a technical perspective. Yeah. So I it don't know. Was. There was it something points, a little but... more charming to me about it being such a low production quality, yet it made me laugh more personally. Yeah. Probably. Which is my, I think it's my only big complaint think... about mole man was that, yeah, there were a lot of jokes and they were funny, but they just never put me over the edge. And this right. one, they were so absurd that it, it made me laugh more. So that was just, just a personal thing. You're uh, right. You're right. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to ask that. I, I'm yeah, not... No, no, that's really the only thing I, I absolutely love films. I, I would, I mean, God, I remember Eric, you and I used to do this in college. We'd go to blockbuster video, which right away really dates me here. <laughs> And I remember yeah. one night we we picked like four movies. Only one of them had like a wide theatrical release, and it was by far the worst one that we watched. Yeah, that's that's and, happened so many times to me. I mean, you get you get burned on the straight to video stuff too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but, absolutely. So but we happened to get really lucky that night. But I so. have to ask this question because it's the 100th episode, and I think it's worthy to be mentioned in this. Um, out of the movies that we have reviewed of B film status, what are your favorite? What what each one of you? Which one's your favorite one that we've reviewed that meets that 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 level, like Dolomite? For like me, a, micro, micro budget, independent, kind just of movie, an attempt like, like in the Dolomite or Moleman. something maybe yeah anything like that. For me, for example, to help describe it, um, or something that was underappreciated that counts too. Uh, for me, right. it was actually Phantom of the Paradise. That's one of those movies where I'm like, this mm. is so weirdly over the top in some ways that I love it in a very unique way for what it is. Um, for that, it's kind of like an early comic book style, almost, in mm -hmm. terms of like its colors. Um, interpretation of Faust and Phantom of the Opera uh, done mm -hmm. in such a wonderful rock opera way. <laughs> um I guess like I don't know why I like this, but I like this. That's how I feel. What about you guys? Um, I think mine, and now my brain is stuck because my brain does this, but it's stuck on like the, I'm thinking like of something you know, kind of like micro budget indie kind of self made films, and we've not done like a ton Mr. of those, Boogity. but it's enough like, enough that I think no, and no, and that's a Disney movie. That's not self made at all, so they don't <laughs> have no excuses. Um, but the uh. It was an early episode that we did a film called The Battery. Yeah. And that one has always stuck with me with being one of my favorite, like, kind of micro-budget independent movies. And 
still I think to this day that one's probably going to come up as my favorite. Dolomite's going to be probably contending for the second in that kind of <laughs> but um no the battery is just an incredible movie it's a favorite of mine and especially in when we consider that criteria that one's probably just off, that's off the top of my head too i didn't like go look at a list of shows so i i i would have to actually have to agree with that battery and it's i'm glad you brought up phantom of the paradise ryan because that was the one kind of rock opera type movie we watched <laughs> that i actually liked um but a lot i liked it a lot because i remember watching that and then being like cool all right now shock treatment and going what the fuck um (laughs) can i just watch phantom twice uh but yeah i'd say i'd say those are those are the ones that that i would i would mention and this is up there too but i don't know i mean we reviewed a lot of stuff over the last couple of years and then it's uh it's been a lot of fun yeah. and we're going to continue doing that i don't want like people to think we're, we're shutting down we're, we're, we're fact, not leaving we're not, the the we're video junkyard family is expanding and growing in all sorts of different directions with some cool stuff coming up that we'll have to kind of you know announce as they happen just to not get too far ahead of ourselves but we would love to hear your thoughts on dolomite We would love to hear your thoughts on any of the things that we talked about tonight. And you can get a hold of us and leave us those comments, which we really hope you do. Uh, You can email us at videojunkairpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at the regular Video Junkair Podcast page or the Video Junkair Podcast group page. Or you can find us on Twitter at VideoJunkPod, which is our Twitter handle. Any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, we would love to hear. And coming up on the podcast, we will continue to be selecting our... Uh, films from the Tubi TV service throughout the um, quarantine, um, which I believe uh, you guys are no longer under, but we're all um, gonna just keep doing that because you know it seems to be working. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, we'll see. But the uh, we do. I know in the near future we are gonna check out a couple of other movies that have been um, recommended uh, to us by. Um, listeners and or um, connections we have uh, via social media so we'll be checking those out too and we might diverge a week or so off of Tubi but in general we're going to stick with that for the moment Um, so yeah if you have anything if you've been cruising the the, you know Tubi TV airwaves and uh, see anything that you find interesting or see something especially something a little off the radar that you think we just need to see let us know and we'll uh, definitely get it on the schedule and speaking of Tubi stuff uh as maybe three of you might know, I, I with my friend David, take part in an offshoot of Video Junkyard. Like Joe says, we're like an inbreeding uh, Mike Hill people, <laughs> essentially. It's a very small population on Planet Junkyard, so it happens. And it doesn't help that it's all male. Anyways, moving on. Oh, God, the cum gutters came back in my mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. Hold on. Oh, it's a fight. Okay, TV Junkyard's a thing good segue ryan yeah i thought so um if you guys are interested in weird tv shit check out tv junkyard we're not as weekly as video junkyard but when we show up we show up and we try with full force and if you want to catch our all of month we david and i did fucking spider-man shows like all like weird spider-man shows that nobody fucking talks about like not the good ones so you know we're keeping up with brand and eric you've got something too that you've been working on right I have been working on, yeah, I am going to, (laughs) 
don't have a release date nailed down, but sometime in the coming weeks be uh, unveiling the debut episode of the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast, which is essentially a uh, doc- all Doctor Who version of the Video Junkyard podcast. And, which uh, is a TV show gonna... fifty over 50 years worth that deserves its own separate podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's been something that's been cooking for quite a while and um, finally got the energy to get some stuff recorded and put together a first episode and now it's been kicking my ass in editing so we'll see when it actually gets done but well i'm looking uh, forward it's to coming soon i'm hoping for right june now. early june so well so there's plenty of fun things to keep checking Lots out and plus we will continue doing our weekly shows here on the video junkier podcast and we hope you continue to tune in i want to thank everybody as usual for tuning in and until next time uh let's just say that this is the video junkier podcast is the name and reviewing motherfucking movies is our game i'm joe peterson i'm eric branson and i'm ryan sisko saying dolomite is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my name you have been listening to the video junkyard podcast i do wish we could chat longer but i'm having an old friend you just can't let them go go Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast, on Twitter at video junk pod, and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast, all one word. I want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.